This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well, here we go. Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you on a Friday afternoon, 403-974-TALK. Later in this hour, we will hear from author, all-around funny Canadian girl, Kelly Oxford joins us, her new book, When You Find Out the World is Against You, and other funny memories about awful moments. Looking forward to that conversation. Uh, but up the top in this hour, uh, maybe a little uh, parental advisory warning here. This is uh, going to be kind of an adult conversation to some extent um just kind of kind of a weird and awkward conversation but look i think one that that needs to take place because uh yeah i mean in a, in a bigger sense it involves uh the emergence of artificial intelligence technology robotic technology and how that's going to change society in a multitude of ways uh in the coming years and decades certainly though one of the questions it raises is what is the impact of human-robot relationships? Humans having affection for robots, a connection to robots, or even sex with robots. Uh, there are certainly some companies who see a lot of money to be made in catering to that. Now, not too long ago, it would have seen like science fiction. But it's certainly very close to reality. Uh, there's a piece in The Guardian this week uh, about one company in particular. Realbotics is the company, and their product is called Real Doll. And they hope to have it uh, available for sale by the end of this year. That's their plan. As The Guardian describes it, the current model with a robotic AI-enhanced head on a real doll's body will cost about $15,000 U.S. The company says they have the capacity to make 1000 Dolls in the limited first run, and to grow even more from there. As the story explains it, once a trope of fantasy movies, the robotic sex doll is the result of convergent technologies, voice and facial recognition software, motion sensing technology, and animatronic engineering can be combined to create dolls that give you a warm, smiling welcome when you come home, entertain you with snappy conversation, and always be available for sex. Now, there are those who see a lot of downside to this. In fact, there's an organization called Campaign Against Sex Robots that sees all kinds of potential harm to society from this kind of technology and is urging governments to ban this technology. Uh, our next guest, though, thinks maybe that's an overreaction. And we need to look at all sides of this. Kate Devlin is a senior lecturer in the Department of Computing at the University of London, is with the UK Society for the Study of Artificial Intelligence and Simulation of Behavior. And she joins us on the line here this afternoon. Dr. Devlin, great to have you with us. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, it's an interesting kind of coincidence or, or irony, if you want to call it that, that much the same way that online pornography drove so much innovation when it came to the Internet, I guess this kind of uh, um, product is is 
driving a lot of development when it comes to to robotics and artificial intelligence, isn't it? To some extent. I mean, I think really what we're looking at at the moment is sort of a mechanized sex doll. So things like real doll, um, love dolls have been around for years, but now mm-hmm. we're seeing them sort of stepping up and other companies getting involved. Um, so the technology is just being used in new ways. But yes, there, there are certainly developments happening. Right, but there seem to be a lot of companies uh, racing to be the first to put out something that's as, as realistic as possible. So there, there certainly is some money to be made here, isn't there? Oh, definitely, definitely. It's a very much a commercial viability. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of companies around the world that all want to be part of this. Uh, but initially, I mean, from what I've seen from some of the stories about what's being developed, uh, the, the technology is still in its early stage. I think there's still a big, uh, as they call it, the uncanny valley that, you know, as much as these robots do kind of look human, they still don't quite. That's right. So the Uncanny Valley says that the closer something looks to human but isn't human, um, there's this gulf until it becomes indistinguishable. And we're very much stuck in that valley, that bit where it's, it's repellent to us. We find it very disturbing and creepy. So although there are companies making these very lifelike representations of women, uh, they're not like life, lifelike enough. They still sort of repel us in many ways. Now, there are those who say that because we're still kind of early on here, that now's the perfect opportunity uh, to step in and put some rules around all of this and maybe even ban this altogether, as some have suggested. Does that seem like an overreaction to you? I think banning is definitely an overreaction, but I do agree that it bears more scrutiny. I think any technology in its infancy needs to be examined to see what those potentials are and what the implications of it might be. But to ban something on some moralistic purpose, I don't think that's appropriate. In terms of what's different here, as you say, I mean, there have been these kinds of sex toys, blow-up sex dolls that have been available for some time. So what's different and unique about this kind of technology? It's really the interactivity. Um, There's a whole new level of interactivity going on here um, where you've got responsiveness in the dolls. And I think that's that's what makes it so different from what's gone before. Now, for opponents of of this kind of technology, these kinds of products, I I think that what what they foresee is... Uh, changes in in our relationships as humans and that if if people are buying these lifelike robots to basically keep as sex slaves does that change how they perceive the opposite sex Do, do you think there's there's that danger There really isn't enough research into this yet. We do need to examine this more. Certainly, we know that um, there is a large group of people worldwide, uh, men predominantly, who are buying these dolls and treating them very, very respectfully and very well. So they form attachments to them. Um, And so I think this idea that people who are buying them or buying them to be sort of violent or aggressive towards them as a substitute for women, I think that's still quite unfounded. But we do really need to look into what's happening here. Right. And what, what is the potential downside, even if, as you say, they're, they're treating these, these robots respectfully, but just to, to have an individual develop that kind of an attachment to what's a, essentially a machine, is, is that concerning? It may be concerning. I'm more optimistic than that. I think that there are people who want to form relationships um, with with others, but aren't able to do so for a number of reasons. And so, you know, why why should it be harmful for them to attach to something? Humans get attached to things all the time. Um, children get attached to toys. Um, we get attached to pets. Uh, some of those pets don't give anything back to us at all. So I think you know, there's a possibility here for people to um, to, to sort of help with loneliness and to form a, 
certain type of companionship with these objects. Right, and, and, and that's a very real problem and certainly has been for some time. And I guess maybe we should look at the question that what this might be displacing. If, if a lonely individual might otherwise uh, solicit a prostitute, for example, if, if this is an option, is, is, that, is that preferable? Do we need to look at it that way? We do also need to look into the implications of this around sex work. Um, but I think in a lot of cases, there's, there's a companionship element that people feel they have someone nearby when they have one of these dolls, uh, one of these robots. And, you know, we see, we see evidence of people communicating with technology for companionship all the time. We have people who chat who are um, AI assistants. Uh, and things like that so they sort of strike up um, conversations um, it's a very natural thing to do as humans uh, so yeah perhaps there is that element where we can reduce um, certainly uh, people approaching others um, for sexual services uh, that may be a sideline of it but I think therapeutically there, there may be benefits here but even as an outlet for potentially disturbing or antisocial behavior um, maybe better that it be manifested on, on a robot than instead of the real thing? I mean, it seems like an odd question, but I mean, is, is there the potential yeah. benefit there? There's definitely potential. There's, there's two, two sides to this argument. One is that um, these robots could be used as some form of proxy. So there is a release for people. Of course, the other side is that it could be a gateway um, and it could yeah. escalate any, any issues. Um, again, this is a bit like the arguments around things like violence from computer games. Each side can argue their case and can find evidence to support it, but there's no overall conclusion as such as to what what is the actual impact. Right, and, and something else that you've talked about in, in your writings on this is that you know, for people who are, are going through therapy because they, they've had emotional trauma in the past, that when it comes to relationships or even uh, intimacy, that this kind of technology might be very effective in, in helping those people along the way, do you think? Absolutely. There are people out there um, who maybe want to have sex and are unable to. And if we can provide technology that enables them to do that, I think that's a really powerful and beneficial thing. Um, we know that, that sex is associated with a lot of uh, strong, positive well-being measures. So being able to provide that to people who aren't able to access that through more conventional social routes, I, I, I see that as being a benefit. Uh, I think with a lot of debates around new technologies, I mean, uh, autonomous vehicles is one example where the technology seems to be racing much faster, much more quickly than uh, the, the discussion around policymakers. Do you see that happening here where, you know, we're having these conversations, but the, the technology is, is way ahead of, of where the conversation's at? Absolutely. And um, we know this to be true for most technology. Uh, the law can't keep up with um, the developments in technology. It's just not laws are not made fast enough. Policies are not made fast enough. Uh, so we do know that there are issues there, but we do have existing laws that can possibly be extended to cover this. Um, it's, it's difficult. There are some other issues. There are issues around things like data protection. So if you're interacting with any form of technology that stores data about you, uh, you're at risk of that data being exploited in some way. So we do have to be cautious about those kind of things. Does it make it more likely in that kind of an atmosphere, though, that a quick and easy solution like a ban uh, might seem palatable? Um, I, no, I still think in that case that a, a ban is an overreaction. This technology can happen, um, and I think it's better. I mean, it is happening, and I think it's better that we address that 
and that we look to shape it rather than banning it because it's going to happen anyway, even if we try to dive under crime because prohibition rarely works in that way. Um, We don't have enough evidence to suggest that this is a detrimental thing. We really don't. And so it's not like um, things like autonomous military robots where we know there's a direct threat to human life. Um, That's a different area altogether. So I think the, the potential for social benefit here is is strong, and but it does need more investigation, and I think banning it, banning it is not the route. Right, because, I, I mean, aside from, from this one narrow section of, of the robotics industry, I think maybe in a lot of ways, uh, in the years and decades ahead, there's going to be a lot of human interaction with robots, with artificial intelligence. It's, uh, maybe we don't fully appreciate the scope of it, but it's going to change our lives in a lot of ways. It really will. We're already, we already have AI integrated into our lives today. A lot of people using things like Alexa, Siri, Cortana in very natural ways. And we have AI chatbots on e-commerce sites. Um, we have robotic um, appliances in our homes. And we don't really notice it because it's been quite seamless. And so I think um, it will sort of integrate over time. You know, we're going to see uh, self-driving cars. We're, we're going to see domestic service robots. Um, we already have care and companion robots in use today. Uh, so this is unavoidable. It really is. Well, some fascinating insight, Dr. Devlin. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate this. Thank you. Well, there you go. That's uh, Dr. Kate Devlin, uh, Senior Lecturer in the Department of Computing, Goldsmiths, uh, University of London, also a treasurer of the UK Society for the Study of Artificial Intelligence and Simulation of Behavior. Uh, she also, on top of all of that, on the steering committee of the European Society for Cognitive Systems. Uh, so she certainly brings uh, that expertise on the technology side to this conversation. right? And, and, you know, it is a conversation that goes well beyond just sex robots. Right? What what are the benefits and the risks of developing artificial intelligence? How can it change our lives? What are the things we should worry about? But yeah, when you combine artificial intelligence technology with robotics technology and the door that that opens up, what are we getting ourselves into here? Because, yeah, there, there's going to be no one doing it, obviously, after, uh, after a point. And there may be some uh, consequences we haven't foreseen. So there are groups trying to raise the downside of this. And how it could negatively impact human-to-human interaction. But also, and I think Kate Devlin made some interesting points about, you know, where there could be some potential upside. I think you need to consider all of that. All right, 403-974-8255. Let's uh, get a couple calls in here. we got Terry who's phoned in. Hi there, Terry. Yeah, groovy baby, fembots. Yeah. Uh, but uh, realistically, that's, there's nothing new about this sort of thing. They've had, uh, not to blow up things, but uh, molded... Uh, I saw a program on TV, whether it's called Zoom or Zoomer or something, whatever. It was, it was a movie about a factory that made these uh, these love dolls or whatever. They're made out of latex and they look pretty much human. So yeah. putting some some mechanism isn't isn't far beyond the realm of uh, <clears throat> a possibility. But uh, where you could see some social benefit is taking maybe perhaps some of the prostitution off the street. You know, you see oh, yeah. a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of young ladies out there. In, where I, you know, I, I see a lot of pretty sad stuff in my in my travels throughout the throughout the city. And if you know, if, if it came down to it, I'd rather see somebody going with something like that than abusing a, a young lady in the you know in the way that I see. So yeah, it, I, I think there's yeah there's that potential. No, you're right about that. You know, it, it seems like it, it might seem like I'm joking or something, but in realism, there are people that that cannot interact 
you know, with uh, with the opposite sex, let's say. And it does give them that opportunity, I would guess. And as I say, if, if there was some way to uh, to have a place where people, you know, it wouldn't be for me. You know, I guess if you used the, the proper protection and it was, you know, cleanable or whatever, you know, it, I could see some benefit to it. It's a lot uh, it's a lot closer to happening than the autonomous vehicle. Let me put it that way, Rob. Well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see which comes you first. Know, the, the laws against driving, as, as you say right now, you have to be in control of your car. You, you have to be in, you know, total control of your vehicle on the road today. Whereas this technology, it, it's, it's, you know, it's basically who's stopping you from doing it, you know. Yeah, no, I, I get you, Terry. Appreciate the call. I, I don't know, actually. I, I'm kind of curious because self-driving cars are out there right now. And maybe they are going to be uh, here faster than we think in terms of being available commercially. And yeah, it's true that, you know, this one company in particular hopes to have this doll out uh, on the market by the end of this year. Uh, But you heard uh, Dr. Devlin talk about the uncanny valley, what they refer to as this gulf, that even though you can make robots that are very close to humans, it's not close enough. And it's actually, in a weird way, that closeness that makes it so creepy. Because our, our brains can't reconcile that it seems human, but it's not. And you know, from what I've seen of these, these robots, I don't know that I'd even want to be in the same room as one, let alone <laughs> touching one in an intimate way. So, yeah, it does seem really weird. But obviously, that's going to improve. That's going to get even closer. I mean, you think, where are we going to be in two or three decades? Uh, you know, maybe some of these almost seem indistinguishable from humans. So Terry says it's not that different from what's been around in terms of what you can buy at the adult shop. I, I disagree. This is a lot different. This is fundamentally different in a lot of ways because these are essentially human-like machines. They're not just in a box waiting for you to take them out to play with. Uh, that they almost exist in your lives. They walk around. They have conversations with you. Uh, And even on the adult side of things, they're responding, right? Uh, So it's a lot different. It's a lot different. But, you know, someone texted earlier to say, you know what? If you can afford one of these robots, you probably don't need one. And maybe there's something to that. All right, 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.